0: Hello, this is Rick Vogt. Welcome to this separate recording of a teaching that I shared at Colossae Sherwood on Sunday, November the 1st. This particular teaching is the third part of a mini-series within the book of Colossians. We're still in chapter 1. And over the last three weeks, including this week, we have been covering the prayer of Paul for the believers in Colossae. We've also been using this prayer as a benediction every week uh, as we close out our gathering uh, and adopting it as a prayer ourselves over this particular congregation that we too would receive the blessing that Paul asked for for the Colossian church. Today I'll be covering the third part of the prayer but I'd like to read the whole prayer as we begin today so Colossians 1 verses 9 through 14 Paul writes And so from the day we heard we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, we ask that as we unpack this particular passage of Scripture that your Spirit would comfort us, and teach us. We pray, God, that we would be taught for the sake of obedience, an obedience of faith, that we too might walk in a manner worthy. Inform us, encourage us, equip us. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, amen. So, part one of this prayer, Paul is simply saying, I pray that you would know God's will. I pray that all of you together as the community of Christ in Colossae would know God's will, what God wants. And then in the second part of the prayer, he goes on to say, and the reason I want you to know what God wants is so that we together may do what God wants, that we as a community would live within the king's command, the king's will, that we would do the will of God. And then in this third part of this prayer, Paul provides a couple of wonderful things, things that he's praying for. And one of them is the motivation by which we would know and do the will of God, and then the means or part of the means by which we can do the will of God. So let's take a look at that. I'll read again this specific passage for today, which is just the last sentence and a half of the prayer. Again, Paul writes, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And again, Paul provides us in this prayer the motivation to know and do the will of God and that is a motivation of gratitude joyfully giving thanks this is not a new idea to us and many of us have experimented with or practiced uh, this idea of a season of gratitude we could really call this a spiritual discipline a spiritual practice where we choose very intentionally in some rhythm whether it's daily or at each mealtime, to stop and consider what could I thank God for? How can I enter into gratitude as a discipline, really? I know there are good reasons to be thankful, so I'm going to be intentional and choose on a regular basis, maybe a daily basis, to express some form of gratitude toward God. Uh, It's the month of November, and of course that's the month of Thanksgiving, and perhaps we all have had moments around the Thanksgiving table. Maybe it's a part of your annual tradition to stop before uh, you dive into the turkey and to go around the table and to have each one share something that they are grateful for. And this is a tremendous discipline. I think those of you who have done it for a season and been very intentional about regularly being thankful for things, expressing gratitude for things, you find a shift or a transformation taking place in your heart. And I want to affirm that reality. And I want to say that uh, I think there's even, it's more than just the practice itself. But when we choose to consider our experience in light of gratitude, we actually reframe the story as we are remembering it. So let me share my own uh, experience in this regard that might be able to illustrate this. So For uh, many years I've been a contractor. I spent about 10 years as a stone and brick mason, an independent contractor. I worked with my son and we got to build things regularly, things that are still around in the city of Portland today. Every now and then I like to drive around and just revisit different projects. Uh, The work that we did and uh, there's a great satisfaction in it. They are well built and they're permanent and they're still there today and they're still functional. And it was often my practice when a job was complete, um, to step back and just to admire it, to appreciate it, uh, to affirm it. um, And even as I would drive away to just keep staring at it and really being satisfied with that job. And uh, I would say today, as I look back on that, there was a lot of pride in the work, which in and of itself can be a good thing. Although I would say I was a bit preoccupied with that pride. So I haven't built anything much in the last two or three years and just recently I completed a, uh, a structure in my backyard here at our home in Tigard, Oregon. I built a patio cover. Um, it's fairly tall. Um, it's fairly beautiful. It has an open ceiling. It's it's a beautiful white underneath and roofed it on the top and as I completed it I walked around the yard looking at it from various angles and just appreciating it and this uh, I moved into that space that was so common for me to just be proud of the work that I had done. But this time that pride didn't feel right. It felt inappropriate. And I was curious to me, it's just it's what I do. It, it seems like it's appropriate. All of us take pride in our work when we do it the way that we want to do it. But I heard the Spirit speaking to me and saying, that's not really the right story here, and that's not really the healthiest response to the project. And I was led to consider, what if my response here was not pride, but gratitude? So I thought that through, and you know, obviously wanted to be intentional about it. Gratitude in what way? Gratitude for what? And that's where, in my mind, I was able to really recast the story and it wasn't a story of me and my ability and my pride and my high standards but it was a story of partnership with God. A God who provides. A God who provides vision. A God who provides uh, an engineering mind. A God who provides the resources that are necessary uh, to create this building and uh, it reframed for me that whole experience and so it wasn't just this lone independent experience of pride in myself but it was actually an experience of gratitude for partnership with god a father who has provided so much and made these kinds of things possible and it truly transformed the way that i looked at what was happening and i believe this is what paul is praying for for the colossian believers that they would reframe and remember where life comes from and why we are able to live in the light of God's kingdom and the goodness of truth and the grace of God. That it's not by merit, that it's not something we are owed or that anyone deserves, but truly all of it is a gift from a deeply loving God who cares for us. And so this transforms our emotions and our intentions and puts them into the right place where we want to know the will of God and we want to do the will of God because we are grateful for who that God is and for who he has made us to be. And this can become for us such a great source of strength and motivation to both know and do the will of God. And I want to expand on that just a little bit to perhaps stir up some of that gratitude right now as we think about it. It says here in verse 13, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. I want us to remember right now and to think a little bit about this, that the beauty and the power and the richness of God's kingdom is that it is a kingdom of light. We are born as humans into the darkness of not knowing, not knowing where we come from, not knowing who we belong to exactly and not knowing above all what is the purpose of life what is the meaning of life that question has been asked in every generation what is the meaning of life that is the question that God answers for us in the kingdom of light we don't need to be people who are walking around in darkness not knowing why we are here not knowing who put us here And not knowing who we are here for but every one of those questions have been answered for us that we have been put here by a loving god father son and holy spirit who created this home we live in and then us as people to live in that home he created us to be a single family where all of us would be uh, related to one another we would belong to one another we would care for one another we would give of who we are and what we've been given to the community to express love and care and belonging and to live a life that's full and abundant this is why we are here it's what we are created for so we don't need to be in darkness groping around wondering what is around us and what is happening and am i safe and why am i here and that is really where people apart from christ are and i don't know of any time in my life that i've seen that more clearly than even in this year, 2020, where people seem to be groping around in the dark. There's two, so often, two opinions or attitudes about what's going on in this darkness. Where, where are we? Why are we here? What's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? And people don't know. There's no sense of truth. They are truly lost in a dark place. But God has brought us into the kingdom of light, and we can see And we can understand the other thing that Paul prays for here and that is so powerful is that he shares with us really the means of living a life that is according to the will of God and uh, yeah is in keeping with his will and that's this idea of forgiveness forgiveness it's only been in the most recent of years in my life of walking with Jesus Christ for 40 plus years I've come to realize the centrality and the power of forgiveness in this current moment that we are in there is a tremendous lack of forgiveness and so there is constant judgment and constant condemnation one set of people on another set of people certain individuals against other individuals and there is truly a degree of justice in it and a degree of rightness in it that certain classes of people and certain categories of people some of it ethnic some of it gender some of it political have really abused the powers and the privileges that they've had and they've caused suffering and pain to others and this is true and there needs to be reconciliation but reconciliation is only possible with forgiveness We must be able to recognize that everyone in the story is corrupt. Everyone in the story does not live the life that we know that we ought to be living. A life that is truly a loving life. And so the only way to continue on as humans is actually to forgive. To forgive. To repent. And to offer forgiveness. And this is the way forward. This is the way of hope. And this is Paul's prayer for the Colossians. I'd like to end today's teaching by reframing this prayer into uh, what I'm calling a grandfather's wish so the characters are going to be moved around a little bit here the prayer frames uh, the same ideas in this way consider Paul to be the grandfather in this story uh, in this wish consider God to be the parents and consider us as believers to be the children in the story. So in other words, a grandfather has a wish for his grandchildren in light of their relationship to their parents, just as Paul has a prayer for the Colossian people in relationship to who God is and what he's done. So let me read this grandfather's wish, and I'm hoping in the reframing of the prayer and in giving you another vantage point to look at it, you might understand it better so let's look at this together here it is a grandfather's wish i want you to know about everything that your mom and dad want for you so that at the end of each day when they say goodnight to you you will see the biggest smiles on their faces because they know that you have done some good things today that you have learned some things That you have become stronger in some ways and I want them to hear you say thank you for being my mom and thank you for being my dad because they've made a home for you where you are safe and where you are loved and where you are provided for you and all your siblings let me read that for you again just so that you can appreciate what's being said here, A Grandfather's Wish. And I'm reading this as a grandfather, because I myself have grandchildren in this congregation, but I would, in this moment, ask for all of you to consider yourselves my grandchildren or my children and hear this wish for Colossae Sherwood from my heart. I want you all to know about everything your mom and dad want for you so that at the end of each day, as you are saying good night, you will see on their faces the biggest smiles, because they know that today you did some good things, that you learned something, that you grew stronger somehow. I want them to hear you say, my dear grandchildren, thank you for being my mom. Thank you for being my dad. Because these parents of yours have made a home for you, where you are safe, and where you are loved, and where you are provided for, you and all your siblings. Now let me read for you again, in conclusion, this prayer of Paul. And I'll weave these two uh, prayers together, this grandfather's wish, with Paul's prayer. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In other words, that you may know everything he wants for you. So that you may walk in a manner of the Lord, pleasing him in every way, doing some good things, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, learning some things growing stronger, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light, for he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins.